What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Pecos of Pecos and the Rooftops over Zoom video. Pecos was born and raised in Northeast Texas and talks about how he got into music. Actually comes from a rodeo family. So he did rodeos and roping for a majority of his life. Pecos said he got a guitar at a very early age, but would just kind of smash on it and annoy his sister. So <laughs> he ended up not continuing with his guitar until he got into high school, his sophomore year into his junior year that summer. Pegas started to really take guitar a little more seriously, started learning some songs. He talked about the first couple shows he had the opportunity to play. He ended up moving to Lubbock, Texas, and his best friend who had moved there prior was actually roommates with two of the guys in the band. So that's how he ended up meeting the rest of the members of Pecos and the Rooftops. They got a five-bedroom house together and were jamming on the roof uh, quite often, started playing songs. He talked about writing this damn song, and that was the first song he ever recorded. He recorded it. They didn't have a band name or anything. Typed in Pecos and the Rooftops, put the song up on Spotify, and within a week it had 10,000 streams. Now the song has nearly 140 million streams. Seeing that initial success on this damn song, they decided, hey, it looks like we're a band now. So they moved the kitchen table into the backyard and set up the drums in the kitchen, and that was their new rehearsal space. From 2019, when they released this damn song, Pecos and the Rooftops have continually stayed on the road, kept touring. They put out their debut EP, Red Eye, in January of 2020, then the world shuts down a couple months later. Uh, they were still able to kind of play different dive bars and stuff at half capacity. And they just kept on grinding. Pegas talks about uh, getting signed to Warner Records, putting out their debut album, and all about their upcoming tour and the new music the band's been writing as well. You can watch our interview with Pecos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Pecos and the Rooftops. Hey, what's up, Pecos? How are you, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I, I'm Adam. I appreciate you doing this. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's Pecos, correct? I don't, I've watched like four videos and everyone says it wrong or different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Pecos. Yeah. Thanks. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I, I figured when I watched the Trey Lewis podcast interview that that one had to probably be correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly used to it at this point in my life. It's been my whole life, so I bet it just yeah. is what it is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so I wanted to clarify and make sure I wasn't just totally, uh, you know, like irritating you the entire time. You're like this dumbass. This no, dumbass you're all good, man. <laughs> Killer, dude. No, it's well, perfect. Um, well, this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk obviously about the new album as well. Okay, cool, sweet. Um, so the band formed in Texas. Are you uh, born and raised in Texas? Yeah, so I grew up in Northeast Texas, um, but we actually started the band in Lubbock, uh, out where Texas Tech is. Okay, 
did you end up going to Texas Tech or like what took you out there? Uh, I went to South Plains for a little bit until everything kind of took off. And I was like, nah, school's not for me. I totally get that. Um, so what was it like growing up in then you said uh, East Texas, Northeast Texas? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up out in the country, like 10, 15 minutes out of town. Uh, we had land and uh, just rode four wheelers and went to the creek and dicked around. And uh, I actually grew up in a rodeo family. So I started doing that when I was like seven. Wow. And uh, did that. I mean, that was kind of like what we did when we got home from school. We would just rope and hang out at the house. That's awesome. When, so you would, when, like, do you still ride horses at all or not as a much little, anymore? It's kind of hard to with touring now. But, oh, I bet. Uh, I went, the last time I roped was December. And that oh. was, we went to vegas and they have this big like team up and finals up there oh wow so were you pretty heavily involved in that then i would imagine for your oh yeah most of your life yeah like contests and all that stuff you would do uh oh yeah. wow and what about yeah. like i mean coming from uh you know obviously rodeo and and all of that were you uh introduced to music at an early age or do you come from a musical family at all does anyone play an instrument not much uh my mom's side of the family, when I was really little, we would go to church. My granddad was the music leader there. Oh, wow. And uh, my grandma and all my aunts and my mom can all play the piano pretty well. And they all sang. And so I guess that's probably where that's definitely the first, like, I guess, technically live music I ever heard was my family in church uh -huh. singing together. But did you, did you play piano growing up at all? No, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I never really got into instruments until like high school. I, I had a guitar when I was really little, but I was too young to really teach myself at the time. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like made a bunch of loud noises with it and it pissed my sister off. And so I just kind of put it down. I was like, well, this isn't for me, I guess. I can't figure it out. <laughs> and so I just quit until like uh, the summer after my sophomore year of high school, I think, is when I really started trying to learn guitar. Was there something that kind of drew you to that? Or, uh, like, why did you decide to then pick up the guitar? Do you remember? I don't know. I mean, I've always loved music and had that kind of in my heart, you know. I've always had a passion for music. I just didn't know how to get started with it, you know. And I always enjoyed kind of, like, singing off to myself, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to try to learn some chords and figure out how to write a song and, or at least figure out how to play some songs that I like, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. Were you, were you writing once you kind of figured out how to play, did you start writing fairly quickly? Like, was that something that you were interested in doing? I probably didn't start writing until I was like 19 or 20. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. So through high school is mainly just learning covers and singing along to those. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't really that adamant about it. Like I, I would play every now and then just for fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then when you went to a college, you, mm -hmm. that kind of changed for you? Yeah. I would say right before I moved out to Lubbock is when I was like, Hey, I want to try to do this. Cause my aunt was dating a local artist at the time in Paris, my hometown. Mm -hmm. And uh, he let me, open up for him uh just acoustic i played like 
four or five songs or something like that. And after that, I was hooked. You know, I was like, I, I like this. And uh, so I started writing a little bit and uh, I got my first gig by myself in commerce at the Drunken Mule. At the time, it was called the Drunken Mule. Uh, but place packed out and it was just an acoustic show. And it was great. I mean, we had a great ass time. And that's when I was really hooked. And I was like, I really want to try to do this. And then I ended up moving out to Lubbock like a couple days later, I think. And I was writing there and uh, I already had my best friend had moved out to Lubbock and uh, his random roommates are now our bass player and our lead guitarist. Oh, and wow. so that's how, yeah, that's how I met them. And so we would always hang out at their apartment and, jam and drink beers and uh you know just play some music and every now and then we'd try to write something or i would write by myself Mm -hmm. uh but yeah that's kind of how it all just kind of started but it was hard to get any gigs or anything in lubbock because nobody really knew who we were we didn't have any music out and we weren't really a band right i was just trying to get some like acoustic stuff yeah, yeah, well, real quick, back to, I'm just curious, on the that first show that you played, you got to open up for your, your aunt's boyfriend at the time, uh, were you just mm-hmm. doing, like you said you did five songs, were they all covers, or you did you have your own songs at that point? I think I had like one or two that I had written that I played. Mm-hmm. I probably had, I probably had a, a couple that I wrote, and then I just did covers. You must have got yeah. a pretty good response, I mean, to... Uh, to then play the next show and you said it was packed out or you did how did uh and that was all originals at that point no so that was that was supposed to be a song swap that day and the person i was supposed to play with i didn't hear from him all day and i'm like hitting him up like yo uh we're still doing the song swap right because it's like a three hour set (laughs) and i didn't have three hours of shit to play i had like an hour and a half yeah, and you're like, okay, I got half of it ready. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck so are I didn't, you? <laughs> I didn't hear from him all day. And he finally texted me at like 12 or 1 and was like, uh, he was like, hey, man, I got this birthday party I got to go to. I'm not going to be able to make it. And I'm like, dude, you could have told me that like two days ago, you know? <laughs> right. And, this birthday and so party just like, didn't sprung on you this morning. <laughs> yeah. And so I sat there and learned like an hour and a half's worth of music before I played that night oh and played, played for three hours and I made like seven or 800 bucks and I was freaking ecstatic, man. I couldn't believe it. Oh, wow. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, damn. To come up with an hour and a half of music like day of, I mean, getting a call at 1 p.m. and you probably played, you know, early in the evening. I mean, that, jeez, yeah. was it? were you like okay i, I just gotta figure out, out. A, yeah just trying <laughs> to figure out anything and anything you kind of knew the the words to at that point yeah yeah oh exactly gosh <laughs> <laughs> so you do that obviously it goes well and then uh you make some good some good coin on that as well it sounds like and then once you yeah. had moved you had some other songs and you'd go to your your the now your best friend was living with the current uh couple guys in your band and <coughs> you just show up there and hang out and would be like, Oh, you know, I know these songs you guys just kind of jammed organically. And then this kind of how yeah. the band eventually formed. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it didn't, we didn't really, you know, start 
being a band until I put this damn song out. Mm -hmm. And uh, by that time, we had a five bedroom that we all lived together in. And uh, Kaylin Davis, our bass player, uh, he and I wrote this damn song one night. And it had already been written probably like a year before I decided to go record it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really know how any of it worked and stuff. So I spent my last like seven, eight hundred bucks to go record it and put it out. And we didn't promote it or anything like that. But before I put it out, I was sitting there like waiting to upload it. And I was like, we got to come up with a band name. <laughs> and uh, the five bedroom that we lived at, we always had parties there and shit. And we'd always be up on the roof and we wrote a couple songs on the roof. Um, so we just found it fitting to name our band Pecos in the rooftops. And so I typed it in and put the song out. And the first week it got like 10,000 streams on Spotify. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, shit, I guess we're a band now. We need to start practicing and get a set together. <laughs> and we, we took our living room or took our kitchen table out of the kitchen and put it outside on the back porch and put our drums in there and set up a little band spot and started rehearsing. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's it. Once it went up on Spotify, do you know how it started? People started finding it. I mean, to just be like, uh, okay, we're going to be Pegasus in the rooftops and here's the song. Let's just put it out and see what happens. And then for yeah. it to get 10,000 streams or people just finding it or was it just landing in the algorithm or do you have any it idea? It was pretty much just word of mouth. The song's wow. never been on a, on a playlist. So it's just like, I guess people were just talking about it. Uh, and we had amazing. some friends, you know, we all had a couple of friends that we told, you know, hey, go listen to our song. Right. Or we had like put it on social, our social media and we hardly had any followers at the time. But mm -hmm. I guess it was all just pretty organic. Wow. And then obviously, I mean, that song has done incredible for you. Um, but mm -hmm. I mean, from being like, okay, now we got to be a band. Now you have a song, right? That's recorded so you could go to what the local venues in town and say, hey, you know, we're a band. Here's our here's our song where you're getting booked then after that. Mm. Not really. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, I mean I mean we were trying to before not before, but I mean I was just trying to get acoustic gigs before and then uh we didn't really play any full band shows in Lubbock until everything really took off. Uh Colby Cooper's manager at the time hit us up and we did like a weekend with them. Uh, before that, we played a, a show in El Paso that we got booked at this place called Ricky D's. And it's probably like a thousand to fifteen hundred cap room. And I think 17 people showed up oh. and it was just that that weekend was just weird, too, because we got an Airbnb and that was the first time I'd ever used Airbnb. And we showed up uh, and the house was full of like McDonald's trash and all this shit. And I was like, what the hell? Like nobody even cleaned or nothing. And so we're all just chilling, you know, the guys are playing this PlayStation and uh, all of a sudden the door opens and I like go to the door and this guy is standing there with like two or three kids and his wife. And I'm like, what the hell? And he was like, whoa, he was just as shocked as I was. And he was like, oh, I thought you guys were coming tomorrow. And I was like, I like held my phone. I was like, no, man, we're coming today. Like it said this day. 
And uh, he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me clean up real quick. So he goes in and starts throwing stuff away. And his kids are just staring at the guys playing. They're playing the kids' PlayStation. PlayStation. <laughs> so the guy, like, I'm playing the PlayStation. I was like, sorry, I have to take this. This is my son's. And uh, the kid's like, Dad, where are we going to stay tonight? And I was just like, bro, if you cannot book your only house <laughs> and just, like, hope that you can find somewhere for your kids to stay that night. It was just weird from the start. And then we played the show the next night for, like, 17 people and went back home. And then we did some shows with Colby and them. And that's when the touring started being, like, actual touring. You know, we were playing uh-huh. – legitimate shows but yeah yeah oh my god that's funny yeah the, the, the guy's like uh-oh all right we're going back yeah. to the whatever you know whatever cheap hotel i can find you love the yeah. ice machine right remember how fun that was you're gonna play with it again tonight <laughs> like oh my god yeah that's wild yeah. oh it man. was really weird i felt bad <laughs> uh i hope he discounted your stay um that's too funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> so did uh, this damn song just started taking off? Like, I mean, obviously in the beginning, you've got 10,000 streams. You're like, oh, damn. Like now it's at a hundred, mi- you know, hundred, hundreds of millions of streams. So mm. was that just based off of, okay, this song is doing well. We're getting some people interested and it was just touring and touring and touring. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Um, yeah. And then until... We put our EP out in January of 2020 or, or yeah, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit like two or three months later. Yeah. And so like we slowed down a little bit for COVID, but we still found those smaller bars that were still open and doing half capacity or whatever. So we we're, we we're able to stay on the road pretty much all the way through COVID. I think we took like a month or two off. Total, oh, wow. But other than that. Yeah, yeah I, was gonna, I was going to say, because mm-hmm. you guys had a lot of momentum going and then COVID happens. You put out your EP, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, let's go. And then the whole world stops. But I'm glad yeah. that you're able to kind of find a way to continue to get your music out, because I, I would imagine that, I mean, having to just stop once you have all that going, that would have been really, yeah. really rough. Not that it you probably had to stop for a, for a while. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Just for a little while compared to other people. I mean, we didn't stop very long. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then from there, like you had the EP out, you just what tore that for a while. I mean, you, know, you just put out the album, but um, I know you guys mm-hmm. signed with Warner in the, in the, in the midst of all that, like uh, mm-hmm. how, like from releasing the EP and then kind of coming out of COVID and being able to um, actually, you know, tour a bit more into bigger, you know, more capacity. What, was there like some a couple or a big milestone there that you kind of saw your career jump to the next level there? Or was it just the amount of touring you're doing and just gaining fans that way? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like everything's kind of happened so fast that it's been like, it's like when you have a, a puppy, you know, like you're with it every day and you don't realize how much it's growing, but someone that sees it, three weeks ago is going to be like, Oh man, it's gotten so big. But like with us, it was kind of hard to, you know, recognize that we just stayed so busy and, and just kept grinding and everything just gradually got bigger. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, we're here and it's like, 
what just happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything wow. just happened so fast over the past couple of years that it's been hard to keep track of, you know, growth wise. But I mean, obviously we can tell that things have gotten bigger, but I don't know if there was like a defining moment of when, when that happened. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of just sounds like just the amount of work you guys were putting into it. It was like right away you uh, I went all in. It sounds like, I mean, you're like, yeah, we, I just stopped. We stopped going to school. It was like, this is working. So we're just going to focus on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. Uh. So you, I know you, well, you recently announced that you guys signed to Warner, right? Like in March or something. Mm-hmm. What was that mm-hmm. like? I mean, getting, growing up, being a fan of music and, you know, wanting to do this to playing, you know, a couple of bar sets and then a big major label like Warner Brothers wants to get involved. Like, tell me about how mm-hmm. they reached out to you and what was that like? Um, so I guess they had been talking to Jeb, one of our managers, Jeb Hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they had been talking for a while, but the terms weren't, I guess, necessarily there yet. And we had mm-hmm. talked to some other labels and, didn't really like their offers. So we just kind of like stayed on the road, kept putting music out and just kept doing our thing. And uh, I guess it was toward the end of the year, this past year is when things started getting serious with Warner mm-hmm. and uh, they made us pretty much an offer that we couldn't refuse. And it was pretty much on our terms too. So it was something that we really liked and wanted to go forward with, uh, Cause they were really hungry to work with us and they have a great team mm-hmm. from each end of the spectrum there. So, I mean, they're all really hard workers and really excited about what we're doing. So that was the main thing for me was just not getting put on the back burner. If we were to sign with a major label and not getting screwed over, you know? Right. Yeah. Or shelved yeah. or whatever, you know, you hear yeah. those horror stories, but I mean, you yeah. guys have just, not only worked your ass off, but proven that people dig what you're doing. I mean, you have a platinum record already. I mean, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously, without a, a label or anybody backing you, you guys were still able to do what you're going to do anyway. Um, mm-hmm. That's really exciting. And so, putting out your album, like it, you've got a lot of songs on that record, which is like not many people come i mean you have like 16 songs on the new album yeah i mean that's a that's a good amount right i mean most <laughs> albums are about 10 to 12 you guys did 16 where you got yeah. were you writing all the time i mean it's had been a few years since you put out the ep yeah no i've been writing a bunch there for a little bit after the ep i was in kind of a dry spot and just didn't really want to write like i didn't want to write about anything you know and uh, I went to Nashville like a, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now, mm-hmm. and got in with a really small circle of guys there that kind of understood the direction I was wanting to go. And uh, they're not your typical Nashville songwriters. And I really enjoyed it. So we just, I mean, I went every chance I could last year to, you know, in between shows to go write for this album. And, uh, it was going to be, I think, 12 songs originally. Mm-hmm. And then last second, I went and wrote four more one week. Uh, we wrote four more and liked all of them. 
And so I was like, let's just put those in there too. And the label was like, yeah, I mean, I feel like the more the better for your debut album. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. So we just threw those in there and it ended up being 16. Wow. A lot of labels wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? They'd be like, no, nah, let's scale it. Or they'd have like an A&R guy coming in and be like, yeah, we're going to have to do this. Or like, it sounds like they were pretty hands off and let you guys do whatever you want. Oh, totally. Yeah. And our That's A&R guy, Miles, is awesome about that stuff. Like, he doesn't really put any kind of pressure like that on us at all. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had other artists on that, you know, that have either been with Label and Left, who was like, yeah, the A&R person or whoever wanted this sound or they made us use this producer and it just wasn't working, but we had mm-hmm. to. Or, I mean, to, to be able to just do what you guys are doing and then obviously... um show that it works that's like a huge victory mm. um when you guys yeah, when yeah when so when you signed with warner or even before that were, was did that change the songwriting process or like how did that change from maybe not even being on the label but like going from that first ep to then your debut album and coming out to nashville was that a di- like a different process when it came to like recording the album or writing the songs not necessarily it wasn't necessarily warner that right that just, process it was like just in general was, we were already yeah we were already kind of doing the nashville thing doing the cover rights and um the guys are still writing uh like my guitar player and my bass player wrote uh cabin fever one of the songs on the album oh wow and uh but i mean like warner didn't really try to change anything in terms of like the creative process or anything like that uh Miles, our A&R guy, was like, uh, he was like, hey, would you want to work with this producer? Uh, and it was Brian House, And he's, I mean, he wrote part of Lips of an Angel and mm-hmm. worked with all kinds of people. Like, he's an awesome rock producer. And uh, so I did a couple songs with him. But Andrew Bayless ended up producing the entire album. Um and I mean, he's the shit if you haven't heard Andrew Bayless, but going forward, I'm going to keep working with him for oh, sure. That's cool. That's cool. And uh, I wrote a lot of the songs with him and Michael Whitworth. Um, but yeah, Warner hasn't really tried to change anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I wasn't sure if like, if it sounds like, I mean, this is kind of a new venture as far as getting with them. Uh, and you probably mm. were recording the album for a while before that. But even if not, it sounds like you guys kind of had uh, an idea what you wanted to do anyway. But coming out to Nashville, mm. I'm I'm in Nashville now. I don't know if you guys are still in Tennessee or in Texas, but um, I mm. came from San Diego, which is it's so different here. But I lo- absolutely love oh, it. Yeah. There's so many amazing songwriters here. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we. I mean, I I love it here. Um, I did see that. You, did you recently get married? I think I saw on your Instagram. Was that pretty recently or not? Whole I got long? married. No, I mean, I guess it is pretty recent. We got married in March of last year. Oh, okay. So we've already been married like a little over a year now. So when it came to writing these songs, did that change your perspective at all? Or writing d- during the album or had you already finished the album? Or I don't know if that would ever even change the way you were um, writing. By the time we got married, I'd already had a couple of them written. But I mean, no, I don't think it changed the songwriting okay really yeah i don't know because you'd be like probably in a more happy space i don't know <laughs> yeah. people's emotions yeah. change i guess it depends right. on where you're pulling from <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, dude, no, I, I, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I don't know. I just, there's something about riding sad music for me. I just, I love it. So do I, man. I love it. I, even if I yeah. was, yeah, I, I, and I love what you're doing. I mean, just the, the style and, and the like, kind of like, I don't give a fuck attitude is really rad. And I, you know, I don't think you see a lot of that anymore as much. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think it's really cool what you're doing. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. And you've, you've just got off a tour. You're doing some other dates coming up as well, right? Yeah. Uh, we're leaving back out Thursday. Um, I guess we're technically still on tour right now because our bus is in like Colorado. But, <laughs> wow. uh, a handful of us, a handful of us hopped off the bus after Saturday and we flew from Salt Lake city back home for a few days. Um, but then, yeah, we'll leave back out Thursday and do some shows in Iowa. Nice. Yeah. I'll, and do, are you still writing? Like, do you write a lot or did you do when you get the album out and kind of when it comes to life, live shows and touring, you're just kind of like, okay, it's time to, to chill and just yeah. focus on that. No, it's, it's everything all the time. Like, <laughs> Uh, I've already got a couple songs written for the next project or the next singles we want to do, whatever we decide to do. And I'm going, going back to write in August at the beginning of August again for a couple days in between shows. So wow. I never, I'm not, I don't plan on stopping. I just want to keep being productive while we're, while we're in this creative bubble, you know, I don't want to just stop because we got the album out, you know, I think we should just keep working. I love it, man. Well, thank you yeah. again so much for doing this, because I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, man. I've, I have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, you just got to work your ass off, really. Um, be real, be different, um, and be yourself. Um, and don't settle for anything. Don't settle for a, a song. If you don't like it, rework it. But don't overthink it. Don't settle for the business side of things um, and just don't forget who you are. That's the main thing. You know, don't change 